0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another Blaney podcast coming to you from the beautiful Spence Thomas Studios in downtown Toronto. Uh, We are a law firm, and we do many podcasts. Our law firm is comprised of 125 lawyers. We do all sorts of different kind of work. And today we're going to talk about B Corps and benefit corporations. Uh, This is uh, the first time that this podcast has a panel so we'll try to make this as easy to understand as possible without talking over one another. So I will jump right into this and introduce our panel. To my left is Joyce Sue. She's the director of B-Lab Canada, and she's been the director for several years. And before that, she was involved for a number of years in, in the B Corp movement. Uh, to my right is my friend and good partner, Dennis Tobin who does uh, corporate law and has a specialty in uh, benefit corporations and B Corp. And across from me is Tim Masson. And uh, Tim is the CEO of the Ian Martin Group. Um, and I'll have him explain to us what the Ian Martin Group does. Uh, Joyce, I want to read to you the B Corp Declaration of Interdependence. And I'm going to ask you to comment on it and, and uh, whether or not it's something we can take seriously. So the B Corp Declaration of Interdependence says, we envision a global economy that uses business as a force for good. So explain to me what that means and and how we can actually implement something like that.
1: Sure. Um, So what I would say is that B Corps are a new type of company, um, more like a certification that B Lab, our nonprofit, provides. Uh, And it's the idea that government and nonprofit alone are not able or insufficient to tackle all the societal challenges and environmental challenges that we experience. And so business being one of humans kind of most powerful tools ever created, what could business do to actually help in this situation? Uh, And so there are many businesses have already been thinking about how to use their business as a force for good. And we're just trying to legitimize it and make it something that's mainstream.
0: I'm going to continue to read from the B Corp Declaration of Interdependence. Um, It it says that the, the B Corps and leaders of this emerging economy, our economy, believe that one, we must be the change we seek in the world, that all businesses ought to be conducted as if people and places mattered, that through their products, practices, and profits, businesses should aspire to do no harm and benefit all. To do so require that we act with the understanding that we are dependent upon another and thus responsible for each other's future generations. Now, Tim, other than breaking into a course of Kumbaya and eating a bowl of granola right now, you actually run a company that's a B Corp, correct? I do, Yep. And can you tell me why you decided to do this and how you got into this idea and what has it done for your company?
2: Sure, yeah. I think um, I decided to do it because... I find it uh inspiring to have a purpose that's bigger than just myself, and I think the I think the people that work with us do as well um, so as we've gone along over the years we've been a b corp for six or seven years now um, we've I would say as an employer, our brand is like a magnet um, it attracts the people. Uh, who we want to have come and work at the company, who are aligned with our mission and purpose, our sense of values, and also our sense of um, being able to try to get stuff done and win in the marketplace. Um, and it repels the people that we don't want to be working with. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's it's been uh, it's been a tremendous uh, advantage for us from that perspective.
0: That's great. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about the kind of business that your company does.
2: Sure, yeah. Um, The Ian Martin Group is a group of companies that uh, helps other businesses hire people. Our oldest company has been around for about 60 years, and we're uh, an agency that places people in – engineers and IT professionals in contract roles uh, across Canada. We have about 1,600 people uh, on contract at at different uh, corporations uh, throughout North America. And uh, our newest business is called Fitzy, um, and this company is a, a software and services business that helps small businesses to hire, uh, hire better um, and does it in a way that's efficient and effective and accessible uh, for small business owners.
0: Joyce, is this the kind of reaction that you normally get from companies that become B Corps, this, this kind of attracting good people, repelling bad people?
1: Sure, absolutely. I mean, when you're reading the Declaration of Interdependence, it can seem quite novel. Um, if you were to just replace business with humans or people, it would just seem like a very normal statement. Uh, and so what we're trying to do is build those you know, human values into business, and business are made up of humans and people. Uh, and certainly that a lot of companies, when they come and they want to be part of this movement, they want to become a certified B Corp. They recognize that the the humans that work in their company are very attracted to those values because um, it's just it makes a lot of common sense.
0: Now, one of of the uh, goals or aspirations of the B Corp movement is something called sustainability. Can you tell me what that means?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a great question. I think when we think about sustainability, we often think about environmental impact. Um, just to back up a little bit, to become a B Corp, there are three things that B Lab requires of these companies. Number one is that they have to meet higher standards of um, social and environmental performance. What that looks like uh, actually is a 200 questionnaire that goes through you know, five different areas of your company. And so sustainability, in our minds, is a very holistic view, and it's a multi-stakeholder approach. So we look at what your governance structure is like, how you treat your employees, your community impact, um, you know, the impact you have on your consumers, and also the environment. Uh, and so that's the core piece. The second piece is that you get a score. you got to get 80 out of 200 to pass. And that score is actually made public. So there's a transparency piece that is made available. Uh, and then the last piece is what we call the accountability piece, where all B Corps have to amend their articles of incorporation to state that they will include other stakeholders in their decision-making.
0: Oh, that segues perfectly into my next question, which is to our lawyer on the panel, Dennis. Um, You heard Joyce talk about amending the articles uh, in order to comply with the requirements of the B Corp. Can you tell me what those requirements are, what those amendments are, and and how that works generally uh, with a corporation's articles? Well, I
3: break them up into two sections. Uh, The first is that the directors can take into account the long-term and the short-term and can take into a broader class, take into account a broader class of stakeholder other than just the shareholders. Uh, In addition to that one, that the directors will not be obliged to take into account a specific class of stakeholder in making their decision. Those are the two that I understand, Joyce, mandatory amendments that are requested as part of the certification process and they can be done by way of articles of amendment now there's two other suggested amendments which really go to addressing concerns and perhaps protecting the directors from uh, potentially uh, actions from third parties who may consider themselves stakeholders And that one provision suggests that only shareholders have a cause of action as against the directors. And finally, the um, last provision says that the directors, by taking into account all of these elements and stakeholders, um, are protected in terms of executing their fiduciary duty by so doing. And those are um, suggestions In my view, it would be great if we had benefit corporation legislation in Canada as they do in the U.S., because then that legislation would probably deal with those issues, and uh, the B Lab certification could just deal with um, the first two points and possibly some sort of social purpose.
0: There has also been mention of another kind of corporation similar to the uh, B Corp, but different in the sense that it's controlled by statute or created by statute. And I'm referring to something called a benefit corporation. Maybe you can tell us what that is and and how that works.
3: Yeah, a benefit corporation is a creature of statute. Again, let's look to the United States. In the United States, corporate law is very much has a shareholder primacy rule. Directors can take into account anything as long as it's the interest of the shareholders. Uh, That's one way to characterize it. So in the United States, there's more of a need to be very clear as to broadening the class of stakeholders. And so in a number of states, I think, Joyce, it's more than 34, or 35 states now, um, there's legislation and it enables a corporation to either incorporate as what's called a benefit corp or to transition to a benefit corp and thereby take themselves out of the rule of shareholder primacy and explicitly um, put in a social purpose and to adopt a number of other provisions which address broader stakeholder class, protection for directors, and the fiduciary duty.
0: Joyce, we've we've heard from Dennis about the, the statutory created benefit corporation in the United States, but that doesn't really accomplish the same goals as a certification by B-Lab does it. What is the difference between a B Corp and a benefit corporation?
1: A B Corp is a certified company. Basically, there are three things that make up a B Corp. One thing is that they have to meet a higher standard of um, social and environmental performance. What that looks like in practicality is a 200-question assessment that goes through five areas of your business, Um, it's a holistic viewpoint of what sustainability means. We look at your governance structure, how you treat your employees, your impact on your consumers, impact on your community, and also your environmental impact. To actually meet the bar to certify, you have to get 80 out of 200 um, to qualify as a certified B Corp. And the other piece is that you have to make your score transparent. So whatever you get out of 80 out of 200, if you decide to certify, that score is made public. Uh, to consumers, to employees, to any of your stakeholders. The third piece of that is you have to make a legal amendment in your Articles of Incorporation to state that you will include other stakeholders in your decision-making. The Benefit Corporation is a separate legal entity uh, that doesn't require certification in order for a company to become one. Um, Benefit Corporation is a legal form. It only exists currently in the States, in the U.S., Italy, um, potentially Colombia, and there are some other countries that are trying to get it on board as well. And and what it requires is that these companies have a positive material impact on society uh, and that they must consider multi-stakeholders in their decision-making. The great thing about this legislation is that it doesn't require you to have to meet the 80 out of 200 performance requirement, um, but that you can start thinking about sustainability practices as, you, as you're as you creating your business, um, as you're involving new values into your business, just by the very fact that you have embedded this legal form into your company, into the DNA and fabric of your company. Um, why that's important to us is because we believe that there are many different ways that companies can participate in this idea of a B economy, in this idea of a shared and durable prosperity, uh, and that there are different steps. And to us, the certification is the high level Uh, Olympic athlete. Um, But there are many other ways where companies can participate, whether it's just taking the assessment to learn, uh, and that assessment is a completely free assessment tool, or it's by starting by actually building those values into um, the core legal framework of your company as a benefit corporation.
0: Now, somebody once mentioned to me, and I think it was actually Tim in our pre-podcast discussion, that the B- Corp is the equivalent of what ISO used to be. Now, can you elaborate on on that? Or maybe, maybe, Tim, you can.
2: I I think that's more of a, it's not exactly true, but the the idea is that the B Corp certification is a very rigorous certification, it's a very intense process. Um, You know, as an entrepreneur and and business owner, I've been through the assessment uh, four times, I think, Um, and it takes a lot of effort, Um, similar to the amount of effort you would put into an ISO certification. Um, But my feeling is that B Corp certification is more like an ISO certification for the 21st century Um, and or it's like a LEED certified uh, building, but for the business and not just your building. Um, And so we're really certifying the entire width and breadth of the business and looking at and saying, you know, is the business itself as it engages with its employees, with its community and the environment um, actually good in terms of the practices that it has and not just a question of is it producing quality products.
0: Now, within your company, has the the philosophy of the B Corp been spread to your employees? And if it has, how have you done it?
2: Yeah, I think it's been... um, I think it's a chicken and egg thing, actually. Like, it's it's becoming a B Corp um, has helped us to clarify our own sense of mission as a business. It's helped us to attract uh, people who want to help, um, who who want to help do some of the things that are uh, listed in the Declaration of Interdependence, which is that you know to build um, to build an economy um, that has where where there's a sense of durable um, and shared prosperity. And that as we sort of work on, I think of it like building a cathedral. I think that, you know, the skeptics or the people who like to make jokes about kumbaya would say, um, you know, ah, this, this doesn't make any sense in today's world. And really, I see a world... 100 years from now, where this is you know, potentially even sooner than that, 25, 50 years from now, where this is the dominant standard. It's the expectation of society as to how businesses act and interact. And I think that what we're doing is we're engaging in kind of a cathedral building project that says, we see a future where there's the, going to be this incredibly beautiful cathedral that's standing 50 years from now that's going to inspire generations um, for a millennia. And we're just laying a few bricks in the foundation. Um, and we We think that's an important role and one that we're inspired to play.
0: Tim, I hate to be the cynic, but somebody has to be this on on this panel. Uh, But does this cathedral building sacrifice the profit of the company? No, actually,
2: like I I think we're starting to find out if you read almost any of the modern behavioral science around uh, employees and employment. This whole model that we have um, of carrots and sticks to drive behavior, you know, like, oh, I'll give you a commission or incentive on the one side or I'll give you some kind of punishment – it actually, it, in, a, in a, a creative economy, um, a knowledge-based economy, that kind of um, incentive structure breaks down and doesn't work. Um, so you can read Dan Pink's Drive or a bunch of other books that have said, really what you want is inspired people who feel like they're living out of a sense of, of life's purpose and mission um, that are motivated not by the fact that, you know, as as the employer, I'm standing over them, you know, with a you know a stopwatch, making sure they punch in and out on time, um, but giving them the space and the freedom to uh, to do meaningful work and to serve our clients and customers. Um, and that, uh, when people have that sense, they do much more uh, tremendous work that is much higher value for our clients and customers.
0: Joyce, we 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 hear from Tim that there is a clear connection between. I guess, success, productivity, effectiveness by uh, uh, embracing the B Corp values. Uh, what kind of buy-in have you seen uh, in Canada for for the B Corp through B Lab?
1: Um, it's quite as you would expect when we started this about 10 years ago. The certification has been around for about 10 years. Um, you would have those that were the early adopters that were smaller, grassroots companies. I think Tim's one of the exceptions of being more established uh, and really joining in that movement. Uh, In the recent years, we've been seeing multinational public companies, ones that you may not um, have expected, really show interest in the certification. One example, you know, our largest B Corp in the world, Denon, which is the yogurt company, their parent company in France, um, is starting to certify their businesses subsidiary by subsidiary. Uh, And so North America and Canada are two subsidiaries that have recently certified. uh, And this has just been showing that there is a wave of large companies recognizing that this is the future. Um, Tim mentioned a little bit about uh, what we envision in 50, 100 years, and I think that is going to be sooner. Um, Many of our listeners may be familiar with the sustainable development goals that have been put out by the UN. The goal is to meet these 17 goals by 2030. So that's coming down a lot faster uh, than what we would imagine as 100 years. And everybody has a role to play in it. And even businesses are starting to identify which one of those goals they're going to need to, need to align themselves by.
0: Dennis, I have a question for you. It just, it just came to me as I was listening to Joy speak. And that is when you want to buy a B company um, or a B Corp rather that's been certified by B Lab, are there any issues by if when a purchaser buys that company? Do they by definition also have to comply with the uh, B Lab certification?
3: Yes. Uh, the corporation has an independent existence. A corporation's a person. And if you buy into what's trying to be accomplished here, um, it's almost like you've given your corporation uh, an independent soul with a mission. And so if somebody was to come to buy that corporation, you're doing the transaction with the shareholders, but you're buying the corporation as it is. If you're going to buy a corporation with B Corp certification, uh, then you can maintain or lose that certification. If you're going to buy a benefit corporation, then you buy a corporation that has a separate existence as a corporation with a pur- social purpose and a mission lock.
0: Tim?
2: I think that a company will have invested so much in actually engagement with their own employees that that an investor or purchaser of that business would actually lose value. They would drain value out of the business by um, taking a different tack or making a turn um, in, in, in a direction that was to move away from being a B Corp or a Benefit Corp. Um, in an acquisition process. So I think that actually shows you that there's greater value um, that's being created inside these companies um, as they evolve year after year after year and they continue to grow, uh, make progress in the economy and society.
1: Joyce? So practically speaking, um, indeed companies can purchase companies as B Corps uh, and they can maintain their certification so long as they are a wholly owned subsidiary meaning that they will still have separate um, decision-making outside of that one parent company. A really great example is Ben Jerry's been purchased by Unilever. Unilever is not a B Corp. They share a lot of those values, but um, Ben & Jerry's is one. Um, The interesting thing about them is that uh, they have to meet higher standards of transparency just because they've got only one shareholder, which is Unilever. Um, So in order to prove that they're actually in this movement, we make them um, disclose their questionnaire. 200 questions that they've answered around all these areas are being made available to the public. Um, so if anybody wants to take a look at them, they can go on bcorporation.net and find them. Uh, and so that is the additional piece that's required. And The great thing about that is by Unilever purchasing these companies, they can actually learn a lot um, from Ben and Jerry's innovation about how they are thinking about their supply chain, thinking about their employees' And take that innovation and apply it across other countries in their portfolio.
0: Dennis, uh, has there been any progress made in Canada to the creation of benefit corporations?
3: Uh, yes, there there has been some attempts at legislation. Uh, Nova Scotia has legislation. Uh, BC had legislation. They don't call them benefit corporations, uh, and they've been around for a few years. What has recently happened, though, is uh, I understand that there's legislation undergoing a second or third reading in British Columbia, and it explicitly is providing for the creation of benefit corporations.
0: So how, how did you two guys interact and talk to one another about the decision uh, by your client to become a B Corp? What, what did you tell them? Did you tell them, go ahead? What, what was that conversation like?
2: Yeah. So I guess six or seven years ago, we decided we wanted to become a B Corp. And so we went through and got the requirements from B Lab. And then I think I called you up. You'd never heard of this at the time and said, Hey, I want to do these amendments to my articles of incorporation. And, uh, I think you looked at me the way you normally do when I call you about things and said like, well, here's, here's all the reasons that you're crazy and you shouldn't do it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, which is my job. Um, and, uh, I'm very glad that you did that because ever since I've I've been involved, I'm very interested in this. And, you know, I think at the time, I think uh, uh, you had a vision. You had uh, an idea as exactly why you wanted to do it and how it would roll out and what it would look like for your corporation. And as I said earlier, as a lawyer, we're not to change minds and bring people on side with this. Um, most people that I've dealt with since are are just like you. They've made that decision, and so there are a number of concerns that that come up. Um, but I guess how how can I put it? Uh, we can talk about them. Um, we can go through a, a list of concerns. But as a practical matter, I think it's fair to say that since you amended your articles, we've never spoken about it again.
2: Yeah, I think there's there's many situations where an entrepreneur asks their lawyer about something, and the lawyer gives very conservative view. Um, and I think I think you did that, but my intention was uh, that this is a change I want to see in the world and something that I wanted to live out and, and to do. We, we decided to go forward with it anyway. And I, and I think what we've sort of seen as more and more B Corps have become certified over time is that there's not a significant risk. And in fact, there's, um, there's much bigger upside um, because employees and, cu- and consumers, customers have a lot more faith in the actual commitment to the, the transparency and to the, the purpose of the corporation and really feel that it's, it's real and alive because they've made those legal commitments. And yeah, I think the, 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 the risk is, is low. Yeah, and
3: and I think that there's a distinction to be drawn between a private company and a public company. And I think Joyce would tell us that uh, B-Lab is working on those types of distinctions um, because the communication, uh, the regular communication with all the different stakeholders is more streamlined in a private corporation, and in fact, you go to fewer people. In a public company situation, there are, you know, are laws with respect to the particular types of disclosure, and certainly, you know, if a company is going to have a real impact, it's probably a substantial company. And as Joyce said earlier, your company was one of the early ones that had real substance to it. And uh, public companies having that type of substance, you know, it's it, it takes more to turn the ship, uh, to get people on side, to agree to go in that direction. And, uh, and so I think it, that experience won't be the same for everybody, but... Um, certainly um, a number of the concerns, I think I came up with 10 at the time, um, you know, um, turned out not to be a
0: problem for you.
2: And I think it's exciting that you're now the one encouraging entrepreneurs to do this.
0: <laughs> well, listen, on that note, I want to thank all of you for an, a very enlightening discussion. Uh, I hope that the audience has learned something about the uh, the future. And I consider this to be the future of corporations, the B Corp, or whether Canada adopts a benefit corporation. We have B Corp through B Lab available. Uh, I want to thank Joyce from B Lab uh, for coming here today and uh, telling us how the B Lab certification works and the philosophy of interdependence. That's a, a very important feature. Thank you for that, uh, Tim. Terrific. I'm I'm happy to hear that a company that has adopted. The values of uh, B Corp is prospering and apparently doing extremely well. And Dennis, thank you for assisting and making sure that you don't get in the way of B Corp flourishing. And to all of you, thank you very much. And uh, we sign off now.